Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by Junior of We The Lifers. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, We The Lifers is essentially an alternative clothing brand, but it, it's a lot more than that, really. Um, and Junior goes into the details of what makes it different and why he actually started We The Lifers. And we also discuss sort of what is a lifer. Generally speaking, it's more to do with the sort of alternative scene. Um, not only we speak about tattoos quite a lot and the stigma that goes along with that. Um, at the end of the podcast, we do start to go into sort of face tattoos, but that will be in part two. Um, we also talk about piercings, obviously, because that links in with tattoos quite a bit. And um, we talk quite a bit about music, not only Spotify, CDs and cassettes, but also the heavy music subculture. Um, things like, you know, screamy music or shouty music for those who aren't as familiar with the terminology, such as unclean vocals. So if anyone who isn't into heavy music but has a sort of thing around it where you know it's oh it's just noise and that sort of thing it's quite good to listen to this chat as an insight into those who listen to it and their opinions on it as well as how it's viewed by a lot of people on the outside without you actually having to listen to any of the sort of shouted vocals or anything like that as well as the sort of stigmas surrounding heavy music and tattoos and things, we also discuss in brief um, Junior's move from Brazil to England in 97, and also not worrying about sort of other people's opinions on and how they, other people view you in a sense, you know, not wanting to sort of not have tattoos or change your hair or not wear this or not wear that because other people don't want you to. So it's, it's a lot about that sort of theme in part one. Um, and as I said earlier, part two will be released next week. Now, a quick shout out to the X and Y podcast. Um, I've included a link to it in the description below. Essentially, it's um, Katie and Paul discussing perspectives on various aspects in life from a male and from a female perspective. Um, they have some pretty cool things to say. Um, it's a really, it's quite a nice, lighthearted podcast in a lot of way. You know, they have a lot of chemistry you know it sounds they have a lot of fun while doing it and that's the main thing about it so you know i'd say you guys just check them out if you fancy something with those sort of realms that sort of discussions and yeah tell them that i said hi anyway that's all from me for now so thanks as always for tuning in guys be sure to like us on the usual social media things on instagram i've also posted some pictures along with this including two of the t-shirts that i've got from we the lifers um which i absolutely love so if you're interested in those i think we speak about them briefly um you can check those out on my instagram um there's little snippets on instagram of all the new episodes i release um just so if you're a bit on if you're a bit on the fence about listening to them you know you can just check out a little snippet see what you think i also post post movie reviews and a few other things on there as well so instagram's the main place i'd say to follow me but obviously facebook and twitter are also welcomed anyway that's all from me so thanks as always guys for tuning in i'll be back at the end of the podcast to give some more details of part two and what we're going to go into um, in the coming weeks of the podcast and yeah thanks as always guys and i'll talk to you at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton Would have been nice to do it a bit organic, like right in the middle of the conversation, like I sometimes do subtly, but why not? Mm. Um, anyway, I'm here with Junior from We The Lifers. So, um, hello there, Junior. Hello. <laughs> hello. We've been chatting for about 20 minutes beforehand, but I've been faffing about with mics and things. But um, yeah, I wanted to get you on because where I used to work at Wizbip slash Band CDs, um, you came to us and wanted some cassettes done. That's um, right. yeah. Nice and retro. Um, so, with We The Lifers, it's a... Essentially, it's an alternative clothing brand, from what I can tell, but I don't know if you want to explain it in probably a better way than, than I would. Yeah, uh, so I think the way it started, I think it was, um, it's much less to do with, with 
with t-shirts themselves and like mm-hmm. no, you, you can get t-shirts anywhere you can get t-shirts much cheaper anywhere you can just do whatever you want i think to me what what was missing and it's something that you know i, I talked to friends and and friends of my age is something that that ties up this whole concept of of lifers you know of, of, so because what, what what we call a lifer is someone like like myself, for instance, like I, I just turned forty eight. Oh, um, oh wow, really? A couple of weeks ago. God, I didn't think you were that old at all. Wow. Barely, I'll tell you my secret in a minute. Barely um, forty. <laughs> it's orphan tears. Like, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's um, it, it's 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 uh, raw meat and beer, really. <laughs> you must know. But um, so I think um, there's a bunch of us out there that we um, back like thirty years ago or whatever it is, we we're you know into you know. You know, like heavy metal or, or punk music or, or, or extreme metal or sorry, extreme sports, etc. And so I, I just see some of my friends, you know, when I talk to them back in Brazil, a huge percentage of them just, just conformed. They mm-hmm. just like, they just went on with their lives and they, um, they now they are they're lawyers and they are, you know, uh, business people or whatever. And, but they, they just, they let the whole thing die, you know, that they just, they dress like everybody else. They do things everybody else do, and and they just go on their lives, which is fine. Yeah. But then there's people like myself and a couple of others that you know we got married, we got divorced, we have, you know, we remarried, and we have mortgages, and we have you know all the little things that life throws at you. But we never let that that little thing die. Yeah. Like yeah. we always kind of always still like you know, at forty eight, I still go to gigs and I still you know. Go to the marsh pit and I still get elbowed in the face. And <laughs> Come so, out with like a bleeding yeah, nose sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my wife going like, "What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, you're not 18 or 28 or 38 or very soon not 48." <laughs> so I think it, it started like that, you know. So it was kind of like more like, you know, we are, we are lifers. We are people, you know. And there's this whole like, you know, oh, it's a it's a life sentence, but you know, it isn't. It isn't. So that was the concept. There was like, what is a lifer? Is someone that's being around for a bit and never compromised. I mean, yeah. and never compromise. I mean, it's like, of course, you know, like you, you know, some people had, you know, we had to cut our, you know, some people, you, you can have long hair or you can have as many tattoos in your face as you want because of you know, society, etc. You have to have jobs and etc. I think the compromise I'm talking about is more like you still true to, to the stuff that you, that you, you love. Believe, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. You don't change what you love and how you show yourself to others due to what other people think. Yeah. Precisely. So, and, and, and I think one. one of the things, like, um, I was telling you, um, so I, I got to listen to one of your early uh, podcasts and, and the bit that I really liked and, and, and it made me kind of actually want to do this was um, you guys were talking about how you much rather do something for yourself and a smaller group of people, hmm. but make sure you're doing you know, the, the, the right thing you're doing it, yeah. you're doing what you want to do, then doing it for a, for, for a much like larger audience, but just doing it in a half hour. Yeah. Because okay, well, I'm getting to the point, it's like, um, so the whole life thing, I was like, well, where could I start? You know, what, you know, if, if I'm starting a brand for, for lifers, what's the easiest thing to do? I was like, well, I guess t-shirts, mm-hmm. you know, like t-shirts would be a, a cool thing to do. Yeah. You know, everybody loves t-shirts. I, you know, like all my friends, like, you know, like they, they cannot get enough of black t-shirts. Um, so, so and it was Anyone like, into metal. Exactly. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Precisely. So, and it's like, well, there's, there's, there's a number of ways of doing it. There's the, I can go out there and just get someone to print, you know, a, a bunch of t-shirts for me and 
and charge people five quid for a t-shirt or whatever. I'll, I'll just you know put them on Facebook and on on, on Google and etc. etc. And just sell a ton of t-shirts. Yeah. But then you're gonna have to go like, okay, what's the sort of like medium ground of t-shirts here that I have to do? In, in like, like it can be too offensive. It can be too obscure. It can be too much of a of a of an inside joke for me. <laughs> it has to be something that people go like, oh, I get it. Yeah. You know, I'm not interested in that. So I was like, well, the other way of doing it is I do it in a very kind of sort of like painful way of, of like, like I design it, I do the screen, I burn the screen, I hand print them, but then, you know, like I only do a handful of them, but I do them for the people that go like, I get it. Yeah, I yeah. get what you're doing, yeah. you know, and so that's, that's, no, that's what I'm doing. I, I, um, I think the one you, you know, the one I gave you yeah. is the only one that's not hand printed. Oh really? So I think, yeah. When I when I first started, I I actually didn't know how to do the hand printing. I I just I just YouTube the whole thing. Yeah. I just Googled and YouTube the whole um, photographic process. And um, so so yeah. And now I have a, a little bit of a better setup. I bought bits and pieces. And but the first couple of t-shirts I did, I literally just like I eyeballed a t-shirt and just you know yeah, put yeah. a screen on top of it, and it was like yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so the good thing about it is that you can get you, you end up doing it for for people that that don't really they're not that worried about how how professional the t-shirt looks like. I know it's like it's like it, it sounds like a cop out. Sounds like going like oh, it's a bit it looks a bit rough, but it's supposed to be like that. But it is, you know, yeah. it's it's a, it's a punk rock. Exactly, thing, you know, it's not squeaky clean and stuff. Is exactly. it? That's the point. No, I have it's somewhere in my website. I say like, oh, oh if, if you want a T-shirt that looks exactly like the other one and looks exactly like the other one, there's a place called Primark. <laughs> you can get them, but uh, but mine are gonna be, you know, they will be slightly, you know, like from one T-shirt to the next, like of the same of the same design. If I print three of them, you know, this one is gonna be slightly to the right, and this one's gonna be slightly to the left, and mm. and there might be. A, a little fingerprint there yeah. that I would try to clean, but you know, but that's not you know, it's not the, the that's the beauty of handmade. Yeah. It's the the beauty of the niche. It's like you exactly. know, as you say, you can go anywhere and get perfect t-shirts, but you can get ten mates who will get the same design, but it's all slightly different, and that's sort of the beauty. That's kind of what the alternative scene is all about. You know, not only with music and tattoos that sort of thing. You know, loads of people have got tattoos now, but. You know, you could get the same tattoo as someone else, but done by a different artist, and it's different style, different area of your body, different this, different that, and it's like the same with music. There's, you know, when people who aren't into heavy metal, for example, they're just like, oh, all of it sounds the same. So, no, it's not. Even ones that sound similar have got their own unique twist on things, and that's kind of the point. It's that's the whole thing of the alternative. So, you're saying that is really cool. Really does fit in with sort of the audience and the brand as well. It is, and and I think because we we just thinking about music, for instance, like you know how. I think these are interesting times because um, the whole like the whole uh, YouTube and and the way like today if you buy a Mac for instance it comes with a it's a very basic but it comes with a, a, a music software that mm-hmm. you can use so it it made you know it's so much more accessible for people to, to make music but like but then you go like yeah but then more stupid people are, are making <laughs> shit music yeah. because of that oversaturated then, oversaturated market so it's kind of like I think. One of the reasons why, for instance, like you know, when I when I first spoke to you back, you know, a couple of years ago, and we did the tapes, um, yes, you know, like the first thing you go, like, of course you're gonna do tape, you know, you're in East London, you're a fucking hipster. No, <laughs> no, uh, I do have, you know, I I love I love tapes, um, and I think you know I collect them, and one of the reasons why I do it is because when I was growing up in Brazil, it was super hard to get by anything. Yeah, like, like it's just like, like it's just 
you know, you, all the death metal bands that, that we, we, we loved, like, it's like, you, you couldn't get a, a vinyl album, you know, you, you, you had to have like a second, third generation tape copy of mm. someone. So that, you know, it's very dear to me, the whole concept of, of, of tape. Um, but now, you know, that you, you can get, oh, oh God, you can get those things with the actual, you know, like artwork and other things, yeah. you know, back in the day. It's like, it's amazing. So I think my, my first thing was like, I want to do a tape that is, um, so I can give away to, to people when they, when they order this stuff. So they can go like, no, this is, this is almost like, this is a little old school badge yeah. for you. It's like, you know, so that they're all long gone. So, uh, but, but yeah, so, you know. Well, so it's one of those with, um, with tapes is like, cause when I was working there, um, I worked at band CDs for about four to five years sort of thing. I started as an apprentice did, um, and then kind of, did what I just became a production assistant and whatnot. And uh, then I trained up uh, two other apprentices as well. And um, they're both still there, but I left uh, about a year and a half ago or so. I just wanted to see other things really. And um, when I started, they weren't doing cassettes. They were just doing CDs, like vinyl CDs that look like vinyls, but they're just normal CDs. Um, and doing them for a while. And then the boss spoke to me one day and he was like, I'm thinking about going into cassettes. And I was like, Really? Like, well, that's you. Obviously, you're the boss. You can do what you want. But I was like, I'm not sure how well that's going to go. And I've never been more wrong in my life because now they sell way more tapes than uh, CDs or anything. Because there's so many bands that what they do nowadays is because, as you say, you can just go on Spotify or whatever, and you can just basically like tomorrow I could just go bam down or now like mid talking to you, I can download every song from one artist in a few seconds, and it's cool. But you do lose some of the. Um, well, you you lose a bit of it because like I own CDs and I own vinyls as well, and I really like having something. And the cassettes are really really cool. Like you can have it; it's got cool artwork on. It feels good, and it's like they're not like ridiculously ridiculously expensive. So it's not like a vinyl, which is normally twenty five to thirty quid, and which normally have to uh, a printing company have to make like two three hundred to even make it worth it. Whereas tapes, you can get twenty of them for not actually that much. So it's like I quite I quite liked that, and well, after it, so. Going and more and more bands are doing. It. I was like, "This is actually a really good idea" because they get like bundles. They get like a T-shirt done, yeah. a cassette done, and then they go and five pound voucher for our next gig. And it's all about those things where there's so many more things in demand now. It's cool to have something physical. And I saw, see, when I came in, I saw you have got the system of a down CD and things like that. Like you still appreciate. It's nothing cooler than I remember being a kid and buying a CD or a DVD or a game in town with my parents. And then it's like, I want to go home and play it. No, we're still in town for another hour, and you'd flick through it. You read all the lyric books and you do all that sort of stuff, and like. Nowadays, even though Spotify is fantastic because it saves me so much money because I couldn't afford to buy as many albums I'd want to, it does mean that I've got a few friends in bands and stuff. And it just means, yeah, you've got a voice, but you're in a room with another million people yeah. whose voices are as loud as yours. But I think it kind of it helps to f define people a little bit more now. Because back in the day, well, like 80s, 90s more so, it was basically you need a really big label behind you you play on the radio because the label pays for that to happen. People know you more and more. Even bands like Motley Crue and Metallica, that sort of thing. They still got a label behind them. Got massive, played loads of tours, da-da-da. But now it's like, if you want to get there, you have to put in probably 10 times as much work because there's so many more bands. That's the thing. I think you know, the thing about labels, I think even you know you have you know YouTube, it's very easy today for you to, you know, to, to produce a, a, a tune and, and, and put it somewhere. It's just... You still have not the labels putting a lot of money behind. It's just that now instead of being like so offline advertising, yeah. they, they they put money on YouTube and 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 etc. But like um and, and and to your point, I think um there's a lot of uh, new bands now or new they, they put in, they, when they launch their 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 new albums, they also do a, a cassette version, mm. which I, I think is 
it's amazing. And I just, I just, yeah, I just don't know if there is a public out there for it. And I think, you know, I love it. But yeah, I think, are we, you know, are we getting to the point that more people are going actually, because the one thing about cassettes is like, to me, is like, they're not practical at all. No. You know, it's like, it's just, it's one of those things. You know, I, I love it for what they are. And, but then, you know, I had to go to, um, cash converters to get that, um, little, um, I find is dead. So, so oh, they play that. sorry, yeah, people yeah. can see it. <laughs> yeah, no one in this room yeah, is yeah. pointing or something. <laughs> but, uh, um, so it's very hard to get actual hi-fis that pay, play tapes mm, yeah. because, because, because they don't exist. You know, you have to go yeah. to charity shops or, or cash converters. So I managed to get three or four Walkmans that, that I use for parts. And, yeah. and so, so again, it's a little thing that you do because, you know, you, it, it's, it's a little hobby and etc. Yeah. you know, gives you something to do as if you didn't have two kids to raise. <laughs> but, but it's like, do other people out there want that? Because to me, I think also the, the whole tape thing harks back from, from, to a time where music meant something to mm-hmm. me. And I think that that was the whole thing that we were talking about before, the whole Spotify or, or being able to, to very quickly. It's like, I think people, you know, I think music lost its, its value. You know, I think to me back in the day, it wasn't just that I loved the music, but it was like, you know, the whole, so hard to get, so hard to, to get a new band. And today it's just the other way around. It's almost like too much new stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, you know, sadly that's detrimental to, to bands because yeah. I cannot get through enough death metal bands that sound exactly the same, you know, until it, it, then you have to rely on, on, on your friends mm. coming to you and going, Oh, I know there's a hundred bands in here, but like, listen to these guys. They are, they are, they are. So I think to me, again, just, just going slightly back to the, the whole handmade punk ethic is, is, is that it's like, you have to earn it. I think it's, it's mm. earning. It's, you know, kids these days, <laughs> kids these days, they, 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 they don't earn it. Yeah. You know, they, they, there is no, and it's just like instant gratification all the time. It's just yeah, like, 100%. you know, you, you go like, oh, oh, oh YouTube, you know, I'm, I'm guilty as much as, as anyone else, like, YouTube is where I go for music these days because yeah. you just go like, you know, you're sitting here and you go like, I wonder what happened to that band, you know, that Chicago band from 1982. Oh, here they are. Yeah. And it's just listen to it. You know, so you don't have to pay for it. Yeah, it's now, because it used to be, I remember <clears throat> when I was a bit younger, even, I only got Spotify a year or two ago, so it's only been very recent and I've always had CD players in my cars and things, my dad was massive into CDs and things like that as well. And it's just like, sometimes you buy an album and sometimes it can be a bit crap and then you're like, I've already paid 10 quid on it. So you give it a go more and you listen to it more because you're like, I've, I paid for this. I, I can only afford one or two CDs this month. So I'm just going to listen to this for like a week or two. And sometimes it happens where you go, it turns to one of your favorite albums. But now I find that even with myself, I listen to something on Spotify once through and I'm like, not too fussed on that. Swipe away, gone yeah. forever. Whereas it used to be a lot more of kind of push through and have a grower. But nowadays it's not quite like that in the same way. It's just, yep, yeah, this is crap. Move on to the next band. Oh, and you keep going through like 20 bands to get like five songs you want. And it's, it's a thing like, um, again, just, just going slightly back, another great thing from your, you know, for the other podcast I, I, I listened to, it was this thing about how you, um, you have someone that actually comes with something that, that is quite different. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure those people are out there now, the people like, like, okay, I'm making music for, you know, for myself or I'm making music that really, you know, like I'm, I'm really into, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not doing cookie cutter music. I'm doing, you know, proper music. Um, how do we know? You know, how, because mm. there's just so much out there. Like the example that they gave, like that's a great example. Like, you know, you can see more like, like Nick Cave, but actually 
I slightly disagree with the point. He was like, oh, Nick Cave now, you know, he, he can do whatever he wants. Hmm. No, Nick Cave always did whatever he wanted. And yeah. There's, um, I just, I just finished uh, reading his, uh, there's, um, a German artist did a, um, a graphic novel. Okay. Based on, loosely based on Nick Cave's sort of like life. Oh, awesome. Plus, um, basically what he did, he kind of like stitched together some, you know, anecdotes about his life plus, that. Uh, Song lyrics plus 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 plus. Ah, oh, sounds awesome. It's really cool. I, 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 you, you can you can borrow it. It's <laughs> super cool. Um, but I think from the very beginning, you see that that he was always kind of like tormented by this this whole like I, I I can I cannot do stuff that I'm that are not me. You know. So I think now he's he's reaping the benefits of that. Yeah, you know, it's different now. But 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 it's always been you know like this is what I'm gonna do. Um, if you don't like it, as the door. Yeah. Um. And that's that. I mean, you know, how obviously you have to stick to that. And, and so I mean, I'm sure a lot of people out there do it and fail miserably and, and die. <laughs> well, potentially, poor. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I think that was a great example of that kind of thing of like, you know, just doing, because I'm sure, you know, if you get out of this room, you know, not a lot of people out there know Nick Cave. I mean, I, no, before that podcast, I wasn't aware. Oh, there you go. And, yeah. and, and, and then there's not, you know, there's, there's no reflection on, on you know, no, exactly. music. it's just there's so much, it's just to know. so much out there. So it's not, you know, it's, it's under the radar, but then when you, when you, you know, you peek over that, that wall, you go like, oh, Nick Cave, like, like dozens of albums and, and, mm. and films and books and, yeah, such and a it, big icon in a sense, but underground exactly, still in yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. But, but I think that he managed to keep that by just being, doing what he does mm. and, and, and you don't like it you know, pack it, you know. And yeah, and that's one of the things I have with, with music today as well. One of the problems is where now bands, there's a lot of bands who don't get up to superstardom. They're kind of in the middle and then they stop touring for six months. They have to stop being a band because they can't afford it because there's no money in album sales mm. anymore. Merch is usually where people get money, but normally from pre-orders and when the album first drops with the new T-shirt, blah, blah, blah. And then it gigs and stuff. But it's like, I do find that some bands, especially in the alternative scene, I find, they start off sounding really different, really cool, really amazing. And then they have like two, maybe three albums of that. And then I don't know if it's because they run out of songs or if because the producers push them a bit much or they're just on the cusp and they want to get huge and mainstream. But like, there's a band called Bring Me the Horizon that I used to really like. And then they just got slightly lighter each album. And that's fine because sometimes adding more melody to heavy stuff can really work. Yeah. But then one album they just went, basically no unclean vocals no shouting at all and i was like you started off only shouting and then four albums down the line you do none it's like you're not the same band i used to like and it's artistic it's sort of integrity he can do the singer or the band can do whatever they want but it does make me question is it like are they doing it because this is the music they want to release now or is it more they're doing it because they know it will make them a lot of money and make them big and that's where i think there's a weird line especially in the alternative scene because when you're a pop artist like I don't know, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift. It's always going to be the money. Yeah, yeah, and I've got a problem with either of them. You know, I actually quite like a few Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift songs, but it's like they start off being a pop singer and so their music's pop. So their music never sells out in a sense because they're always obtaining for the one thing or being in the pop charts, being big. Whereas some of the alternative scene, they're like, no, no, we're just doing it for passion. And then you get, you know, six years down the line and it's like, well, actually, now we can headline Wembley and do this sort of thing. But we had to make our music a bit lighter, a bit more radio friendly. And it's like, it does bother me a little bit because they take such pride being alternative and then they're kind of like, no, we're mainstream now. We don't really care. But they're a band, so they can do what they want. I don't really know how I feel about that. It's it's a, it's a tough one because I think the way I see it, I, I, the bands I love, and I think it's almost like we had this conversation the other day, 
some of the stuff I like to. It's, it's not even like I'm a fan of this band. Mm. I'm a fan of this band's album. Almost yeah. like, you know, like it's like you know some of the early you know metal bands. Like I am a fan of their three first albums. Mm. I don't care about what you know what came after that. So I think, and I think that's you know what you just described. I think it's kind of like I think bands, unless they are you know some like, there's some magic bands out there you know like, and I think they tend not to be. Sadly, they tend not to be the alternative bands, as mm-hmm. I said. You know, I think you, you, you have bands that you know they, that have twenty, thirty years, and they they still doing you know very interesting stuff you know all the time. I think Slayer, for instance, is a good one. You know, like they, yeah, they, yeah. they had a couple of crap albums there, but they they always kind of like you know they they they've, they've been always brutal and always kind yeah. They've really changed their sound. I've seen them live. I've seen them live twice. They're amazing yeah. live. They sound even better than I think Studio, their old stuff, especially Raining Blood live. Exactly. It's amazing. But 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 you, but you see. Some of the other, you know, the most extreme bands. I think what happens is, you know, for instance, like, you know, I don't know how much you know about, bands, but like, there's this band called Morbid Angel, for instance. They have, they're from Tampa, Florida. Um, so, you know, they, I absolutely love their early stuff. But I think you know, as they they progress, you know, they they become. You can always be, you know, like blast beats and and etc. Et they go like, okay, so it's up to them what they add on top of it, or what you know how they mellow their song or how they tailor their song. Um, I just think that it's very hard for them to go like, oh yeah, we're not extreme. No, we're not gonna be like super like like you no know, like blast beating and shouting all the time. Hmm. We're gonna be a bit mellower and a bit mellower and a bit. Mellower. And they're gonna go like, no, I actually I will take you doing twelve albums of doing that because yeah. I think that's what I love. Exactly. But as yeah. a band, you know, you're gonna go like, no man, we can't do that. We can't just sit here and you know, write yet another album hmm. for you. Yeah. So I think it's, it's it's a hard one because yeah because it know. is that thing of is it is it them writing it for the audience and then arguably if you write songs that are slightly more mainstream you widen your audience so in theory that does work and I agree but yeah it's also like the whole true fan air quotes thing but it's like I hate when people just love a band or a movie franchise or anything or a celebrity and then it doesn't matter what they do they still support them it's like but that's not that's not being true to yourself. You know, I'm a, there's quite a few things where it's just like, oh yeah, I love this band and they released an album that I think is crap. Like Muse, I think, have released a couple, some of their newer ones haven't been very good and I've said that and I'm like, I think Muse's early stuff was phenomenal and I think their newest album that's coming out sounds really good but the two before that I thought were just crap and weren't interesting. Is it the ones that sounded a lot like Queen? Yeah, yeah, that was... That was a few albums ago. Yeah, that was the resistance because yes, they had the yes. song yeah, "The United States of Erasure" sounded exactly like Queen. Yeah, I was not a fan of that. There was a few tracks on that album that were good, but I just found out with Muse, like I saw people posting on YouTube and stuff. Half the people saying the new stuff's rubbish, and other people saying no, the new stuff's amazing. You're not a true Muse fan if you don't like it. And it's like no, you just listen to music, and you can't choose How what can you, you like. Say that How exactly. Can... You can't just allow everyone to be like, oh no, they're releasing crap albums. I'm gonna love them anyway. It's like, but but also, yeah, well, okay, then we're gonna get into a real so like you know the rabbit hole of internet trolling or internet, you know, so let's not get too excited about it. But, but yeah, it's like, I, it's like, what are you doing? You know, like taking time off your day to come to me. It's like, you're not a true fan. It's like, yeah. who's, what do you know about anything? What do you know about me? And it's like, and I think as a true fan, I can go like, no, I don't like this album at yeah. all. Exactly. And I still that, like the band. Yeah. I follow them. Hopefully the next album will be yeah. good, but this one, not a fan And of. they have a history and they have a legacy and, and, I, and I love them for it. And, you know, and, and uh, yeah, and if they come to play next, you know, next week, I'll definitely go and see them. Yeah, yeah. Cetera, well, Megan's seen Muse live. I haven't seen them mm. live. Apparently they're amazing. I, I never have. And, um, <clears throat> the only, you know, I've seen the, um, the Wayne Blade one quite a few times on, 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 on the, Online, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I think it's amazing, but I think it's amazing to watch. I, I, I wonder how it was being a Wembley and being like 
like a, a mile sort of you know yeah. behind the stage or something because you, you just couldn't see a thing could you I don't no, know that's, I, mean, that, I, was, I, well, I saw them at the O2 Arena and I was on like level 4 so like mm. the cheaper seats but it was still incredible to see Muse live because they put on the show but like the lights are insane and then obviously they have the screens so you can still see them with that, that does sound cool, but with me for music, especially because obviously a lot of the bat, um, gigs go to a metal gigs, I like being right at the front where everyone's jumping and pushing yeah. and that sort of thing. I find that's kind of sometimes it can be a bit much. Sometimes you want to watch a band and everyone's just constantly pushing, and it's like, can we have a moment, <laughs> please? But most of the time, it's just like I love being at the front and all the energy yeah. and feeling that sort of stuff. And then it's like stand-up comedy, though. Sometimes it's just the atmosphere that you go for less than the actual the performance you want to see. But a lot of it is the feel of everything. But bigger shows, I agree. Like I'd love to have seen music play like a really small venue like a pub back in like yeah, exactly. the first yeah. or second album or I'd love to see them in the early days because um, it's like um, I only ever saw sorry my time in London at least because um, I, I did a few of those because in, in Brazil you, know, you never get big bands playing smaller places always um, big stadiums so I saw The Offspring here oh nice at the O2 a long time ago yeah and I hated it because <laughs> because you know they it's not like you know, if you're going to see Muse or, or fucking Kiss or something like that, it's going to be fireworks and, and, you know, and, 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 and. It was before them, but yes, I was sitting, you know, like somewhere in, in West London, you know, like just kind of so far from the stage. And I was literally going like, it, it, could, it could literally have been anyone. Yeah. You know, like. Play, just play offspring music and you just yeah, sat exactly. there. Yeah, like, literally. So, so I think the, yeah, the whole big arena thing doesn't really do it for me. I, I do know a guy that, uh, well, he's 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 very well. He's older than me. He's ten years older than me. And then my, my mate Brian, he, I think he he used to play in a band or, or something like that. They supported Rammstein. Oh, on, really? On a few. I love uh, Rammstein. When, when they were like um, playing, well, pubs really. Well, not really, but like, like smaller venues. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was saying, like, yeah, you know, you saw them getting off the the, the tour bus. With like all these racks of um, fireworks and stuff, <laughs> and 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 obviously the, you know the pub landlord going, oh no, you're not, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> but like that that you know yeah, I've seen them a few times. I've seen them twice. I love them. Again, you know, I've seen them uh, in in um, I think was it was it a forum? I think the first time I saw them, it was really kind of like you know like a smaller place. And then after that, it's only being like like big sort of festivals. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they were um, they're fantastic. They're just a great band. Live, yeah. their performances live is phenomenal. Like they've they've got like a few songs where you know the keyboardist gets off stage, gets into like a giant pot, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. close the lid and he's shooting it with fire and loads of crazy stuff. Exploding babies, yeah. And, oh, and, and the penis cannon. cannons, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they play the song "Pussy" <laughs> and they're spraying like he's riding a giant cock, spraying foam in the audience as as as, you know, as a good German. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the video to that is like so explicit that you can't yeah, even watch it on exactly. YouTube or anything. But oh, Ramstein are great. I love them. They're one of my favorite bands for ages. When I mean, they haven't released an album in about. Five years. Did you um, what's his name? The uh, the singer um, uh, Till Lindenman. Lindenman. Did you did you actually get his 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 solo album? Um, I heard about it. I listened to one song, but it sounded very much like Rammstein. But I didn't surprisingly. Th- yeah, is um, it good? Uh, it's very good. I think if, if you like uh, Rammstein, you will love it. Yeah, but it, it is more of the same. Yeah, uh, I just think it's maybe is it, it sounds to me that's a little bit more personal. Okay, it's, yeah. it's almost like if 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 you could imagine. The stuff Hamstein wouldn't do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like topics they wouldn't talk about. There's topics Hamstein would talk about. Jesus, there's, there's a song called "Praise Abort." Oh, um, is that the yeah? Yeah, I, and then, and he's actually talking about how he hates his kids and he wishes 
He had aborted him. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> that does but, not surprise me. Again, again, but in a in a it is in a tongue in cheek way. It's like you know, can you talk about? Oh, I wish my kids weren't born. Yeah, in a tongue in cheek. It does. I mean, it's like you know, like you know, Hamstein and you know, uh, man. You know, he's it's obviously not. He doesn't. Think he's a bit that, satire. You know, yeah, yeah, in that he, sort he of way. He does not think that. You know, yeah. like, uh, and if he does. Is you know he doesn't. So, <laughs> but, but every, so every other song, it's a little bit like that. Yes, yeah, I think "Praise Abort" was the single. I think it was. I think it, um, yeah, because I recall he, hearing that when it first came out. I think the, he launched with, with that song. Mm. So um, that was great. I think it's like you know, like like with Hammerstein. Um, I wouldn't listen to it all the time, mm. but I think it's it's great to... Um, yeah, you get a lot with Ramstein, I found that when they release an album, I'm really really into it for like a couple of weeks, and then it kind of slowly fizzles, and then. From the subsequent sort of months and stuff, every now and then I just go, nah, I really want to see that album again, and just blitz it, and then that's it. But any chance to see them live, I just... Them, along with Slipknot, are two of the best live bands I've ever seen. I've also seen Metallica live, and they played with the big four, so it's Metallica, right, Anthrax, yeah. Megadeth, and Slayer, all on stage at once, playing a Diamond Head song. And that was amazing. Am I evil, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was, yeah. Um, that was at Sonosphere... That's six or seven years ago now. Um, but that was phenomenal. Just like Metallica on stage, they've just got such a huge presence and things. And they could play... I would have loved to have seen Metallica play like a really small venue, but they're yeah, a big band now. They're, they're one of the biggest metal bands ever. Yeah, I, I think... Again, I've seen Iron Maiden as well. They're really good. I feel I feel about Metallica the same way I feel about you know the other stuff. I think I really like the early stuff. Mm. But I think as they, as they grew as a band and as they matured, I think... I don't, I, I don't like their music. Yeah, I don't yeah. like their new music, and it's fine. Yeah, uh, but also I don't like. I particularly don't like their attitude. I don't like Lars at all. I yeah, I don't think anyone it, likes Lars. I don't think that he's you know some. I don't think his mom likes him. I know, have I you seen the it. Have you seen the behind the scenes any of the documentaries or anything like that? Some kind of monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monster, and he's just being such a dick yeah, the no. whole time in the studio. That's why I think. Was it St. Anger or one of the albums that they were going to release it? They went in the studio and they had a big falling out and just didn't talk for ages because Lars was being such a dick. Yeah, I've heard. Maybe he should change his name to Lars Uldick. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> that works well. So Lars Ulrich, that's, that'd be a good one. He, it's like there's also a, uh, there's a Guitar Hero game, Guitar Hero Metallica, and I, right, I love playing yeah. Guitar Hero. And there's a behind the scenes mini documentary about that. And there's one of the songs that he was um, playing from one of his first two albums, and he just couldn't remember what the drums were at all. So there's like a whole day of them just filming and him because they did like motion capture with them um, and stuff. So he's wearing all the dots and stuff on his face and he's trying to do the song and he just can't remember it for ages. And it's just like this whole thing. It's like, dude, how much get, is this costing? Exactly. It's like you get to the studio recording your like guitar hero game for all your big fans are going to listen and you can't remember your own drumming. It's like, dude, come on. Uh, you should have looked it up though. Like He's an old man and you know, um, I think that, that that to me is not what makes him a dick. I mean, that, no, that's, that's that's one drop yeah, exactly. in the ocean of things. <laughs> I think his dickness comes from from just the way. That, but like, in his defense, though, I think I get a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, Lars, you know, he he can keep a tune, you know, he's done deaf." I don't think he is. I don't. No. Think, and, and some of the early Metallica stuff, I really like the way. I tried to explain this to someone the other day, and it's like I, I play a little bit of drums, so it's easier for me to to visualize it. Yeah, but it's almost like. You know when you when you're playing a tune on, on the drums and and you have your attacks and, and etc. So like you know you know the da na 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 da na 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 na. So so you, you kind of like you expect the the hit to come in one note. Yeah. He always he's always one before or one after. Hmm. But if he did that once, it was a mistake. Yeah. But he does that consistently. So I always you know I think early Metallica does that thing that the drum in particular. Yeah, kind of like you know like it's interesting because 
it, it, it catches you unawares. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know you, you, you're expecting, you know, to be like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Yeah. And he's doing one, two, three, four, one, two, three, <laughs> yeah. four. And you're going to go, that's, that's cool. So I, I, I don't think he's done deaf at all. I just think no, he's, he's a great a drummer. Friend, yeah, I've got a friend who's a drummer and he's insane. He's like past grade eight at drumming. He's he's phenomenal. And he loves Metallica and he, he thinks, once again, Lars Ulrich is a dick, but he really <laughs> appreciates him as a drummer, especially what he did because Metallica, Iron Maiden, Sabbath, along with, you know, Slayer, Anthrax, uh, Megadeth and Motley Crue, they, I know Motley Crue's more glam, um, but those sort of bands were the the first really big names in sort of metal and big bringing the scene to the mainstream essentially more so that it's not just all thrash shouting angry in air quotes hate filled I don't think it is but like that whole weird stereotype but then again people still feel that now like when I tell people I like music with unclean vocals now like, well okay music is shouting and oh you like that screamo stuff it's like well saying that is like saying like that's like saying every single rapper on the whole planet sounds exactly the same. But even with that's like comparing metal. But like, there's so many genres. There's hardcore punk, metal, heavy metal, metalcore, deathcore, black metal, and it's like it would also within those genres. There's about yeah, you know, I could name twenty different vocalists in metal and heavy metal that all sound completely different. And people don't get that because they just they hear one song in twenty years randomly, and then they go, no, not for me. I don't hear that. But it's, okay. It's expected, and I think you know. I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Because I try to, you know, I try to do what you know you just described. Like I, I do that, and I kind of like, you know, I go like, okay, I don't, I don't like rap. You know, yeah. I don't like hip hop. You know, it was definitely my thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. Yes. That, you know, I I did. You know, people over the years show me. You know, this one particular artist. Like, oh, I like that. I like the way it sounds. I could put that on the, on the background. Yeah. But I I wouldn't go and buy the album or kind yeah. of like, oh, what else sounds like that? And uh, no. But but I, I do understand you know when I go like oh every single to me to my ears it sounds the same yeah um, and if I were to bring you know ten different grindcore CDs here now yeah. and go like okay spot the difference <laughs> you well I don't know about you but like, you, know, you you wouldn't no so, like, there's certain things there are certain bands certain genres that are very much black metal for me is my least favorite well, exactly ones. so yeah um, so I, I get that I get like you know so people don't, they don't you don't have to know you know you don't have to and you know rap sounds to me the same way black metal would sound to you mm. you know and I'm like oh that's completely different yes. that's atmospheric black metal and that's, <laughs> this is not <laughs> that's, that was like um, just on a, on a little black metal aside uh, yeah I'm not a big fan of black metal I like Cradle of Filth a little bit that's about as far um, as I go I like know, about four Cradle of Filth songs and that's about as far as I go into black metal So uh, and Behemoth I like one Behemoth song there's a, there's a, there's a new thing now new-ish you know it's like new compared it's the not black black metal. It's I think it's called animistic death metal. Okay. Or, or some sorry black metal or, or, or something on those lines. Basically, the music is the black metal music. It's kind of like the, the really fast um, sort of blast beats plus the really kind of like you know, the you're, the droning guitars and etc. Mm. And the, the ah, shriek thing is like yeah. it's not really like a growl. Is is that that black metal kind of shriek yeah. going on? But it's like it's no satanic at all. Yeah. So it's more like you know, uh, most of them are just talking about nature and, and things like that. But as band, you know, I went to see them recently. They called Death Heaven. Okay. And they are their their songs are out. I, I I try not to use that that word, but it's like it's almost like the the, the lyrics are that's what emo. So oh, like, you yeah, know, kind of yeah. kind of like um, you know, more like in touch with your feelings kind of thing. Mm. But um. It's fantastic live. Yeah. They were they just like because I I I just I came across them 
just like you know by chance like i saw them somewhere else like on, 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 again watching things on youtube and i was like yeah. oh they've heaven and then someone was like yeah man they're super divisive you know like um you know the black metal crowd fucking hates them yeah but then a lot of the hipster kids love it mm-hmm. and then i think some of the black metal guys that that, that would like them don't like it because there's this whole hipster connotation yeah to it. yeah um no image stuff yeah so so i started to listen to it and i was like this is amazing this rocks and i went to see them live and i literally again you know like i go to a lot of gigs and you tend to just go to gigs and go like, yeah, playing by numbers, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a great band, but, you know, you guys, you know, like, that, you know, they stop in short of, the, like, mm-hmm. looking at their watches and going like, this, you know, like, no time <laughs> yeah. uh, they absolutely destroyed. And it was the day before my birthday, and I was like, you know, oh, like, awesome. I was like, thank you very much. This, uh, this will do. Yeah. So, I think, you know, but then, you know, back to the point, I would tell the difference between that and, and another black metal band. Mm. But, like, obviously, my wife was with me. Because it was my my birthday, she's not into yeah extreme metal. Like you know, she she appreciates some of the you know the gigs we go to, but it was more like, oh, come with you. It's your birthday. Yeah, we have a couple of drinks, and you know, and if you go to her, like you know, like almost like, how do you think this compares to Iron Maiden? Yeah, and she go like, oh, you know, like how do you think <laughs> this compares to um, Slipknot yeah. or, or Hammerstein? I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. You know, like you don't you don't expect people to because it's. It's, it's not their not thing. Their thing you know? I, th- I think my thing is where I get more aggravated by it is I haven't got a problem with people who are like, I'm not into this, sounds the same. It's more when I had it quite a lot in college where people would openly mock me. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, I've, it's, like, you listen to your music, which is, you know, one female singer with 20 people writing uh, one album's worth of songs over the course of six months in these five different studios paying millions of pounds. And you're saying that my music taste is crap when it's like a group of local boys who spent the last six months grinding, saving and scrimping as much money as they can so they can release a five-track EP and they're writing music because some really emotional things happen to them. They're they're very different. It's like I'm not – I only really end up discrediting their music when they start to discredit mine. And when they say just off-the-hand comments like it's not real music, it's just noise and stuff like that. It's like, no, go fuck yourself. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Like it's – I don't say that to them that immediately. It's not like a knee-jerk reaction, but I do get <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I would. <laughs> depends how close you are to people. But... Exactly. It depends who they are and what they're saying specifically. But people, have you found that, because obviously you're older than I am, um, have you found that when you liked the music, like when did you move uh, from Brazil here, if you don't mind uh, me 97. asking? 97. 97? Okay, I was born 94. So just to make you feel... Yeah, Did you find... Um, two things I want to ask then. From going from mainly talking about the alternative scene, when you're in Brazil's alternative scene, to did you move to nearby London? Is that where you sort of moved to from Brazil? Have you always kind of been around London? Always London, yeah. Have you found that is the music scene that different alternative wise from Brazilian to London? I imagine there's more stuff in London only because there's a lot of punk and mod stuff from uh, sort of the later of the 20th century. So I want to know if it's how it feels different and things. Um, I think. The London scene compares to the, to the São Paulo scene, São Paulo city, and hmm. um, in a way that because there's there's a lot happening, people tend to be more more of snobs, really. You know, like so it's kind of like a so I think you know like it like I, I used to play in a band here, you hmm. know, with, with friends, and if you play, you know, you know what it is if you play London on a Tuesday night, you're really playing to your girlfriend. Yeah. But like, you know, we, we played like Portsmouth or like a Bournemouth or whatever mm. it was. Like, literally, like every metaler in town yeah. was not there. So like, you know, if you play, you know, smaller cities, having you know, this scene is like, they're so starved of, of, of stuff that they mm. would see anything. So I think, it, 
it's very similar the way London, you know, the, the London metal crowd behaved. I don't know about the alternative crowd, you know, in, in general. Mm. You know, I've only been exposed to to the metal crowd. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, it's I was meaning bars. more along the lines of yeah. unclean vocals, more aggressive music. Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I think I think Latin America has a, a history of like this this love to um, the more extreme, the better. Right. I think, and I don't I don't know why. But it's like, you know, it's always being, you know, like I think a lot of the um, early sort of death metal bands did very well there. Because mm. one, because the, tra- the tape trading scene was huge yeah. in, in South America for reasons. Um, but also, I, I think it's just, it is, it's just like, you know, like uh, we, you know, we, we grew in this really repressive um, and oppressive uh, Catholic um, environment that, that really made us want to, you know, anything that like had, you know, Upside down crosses and and schools and, and you know we, we we really went for that yeah and I think in Europe there was seen that it was more like a like a like a there was an irony to it yeah know, that we that we missed that we were like, like no really we were saying you know we we want to you know we want to really you know like freak out our mothers and, yeah and and do that so I think there's there's a bit of that I think and so I think yeah I think in terms of that specifically I think you know the the unclean music was always i think it was always more of a thing there so when i came to london you know i, I was like oh god, god yeah it's gonna be brilliant you know it's gonna be like i'm gonna be going to all these you know like extreme metal gigs yeah not really you know, like, you know <laughs> no that's but, the thing a lot in america uh, do like extreme uh artists they do quite well in america but not quite well enough to move over to europe because going from america to europe and also america to england to europe it, it costs spans quite a lot of money just travel wise mm. so a lot of the time you don't they don't do it that often or they support another band who aren't that great or something you know so i can understand that but i was going to say also with um <coughs> excuse me um with in the last say 20 years of the alternative scene in london have you noticed much change because i've noticed that there is on uh, BBC Radio 1, which I don't listen to the radio pretty much at all, there's Daniel P. Carter, who's got a rock show. It used to be Zane Lowe, and it's about two hours on a Monday, I think. And he plays metal and stuff, like proper, aggressive, shouting music, essentially. And normally one song gets chosen, and then it will get played throughout the week, like once a day, and people get exposed to this amount of... Like Slipknot, when they released their album two years ago whenever it was one of their singles was played on the radio in the day like my mum texts me once because she doesn't listen to my music she's like oh my god Slipknot's on the radio I was like what I was like where'd that come from are you sure mum yeah because like, I'm definitely sure it is and I listen to it and they cut out the last part of the song which in my opinion is the best part but whatever um, but I want to know have you seen any real change because it's still underground but because of especially the internet in the last five ten years is more exposure to it I wondered if you've noticed any difference at all um I haven't, and there's a reason for that. I think I, I go out less these days. Yeah, for, yeah. You know, I think you know. I, I used to go to a lot of gigs my first five or six years here, mm. just because you know I had no kids, and that's what that's what I did. Yeah, you know, yeah, my, yeah. My my, you know, my my hobby, my thing, and the, the, the way I got my kicks was mm. to go to gigs. So and it was brilliant. You know, I think you know there, there was always something to see, and I, I always loved the way if you're in London, you can go see a band and be home by by 11 yeah you know um which is completely you know in, in brazil is a complete opposite you know it, it just it becomes this this operation you know it, 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 anyway so it, i used to go out more so i don't go out that much to you know to see if the scene in terms of you know going to gigs and 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 just hanging out with the alternative crowd is any different yeah um what i do know is a lot of older bands are coming back and, yeah. and playing gigs, which which I think is 
it's it's a hit and miss. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. One, you know, I, I try to if I go out to see a band, I try to see newer stuff that is kind of like that, that caught my attention and go and see them, or see older bands that didn't stop. Yeah, you know, like you know, I went to see Godflesh the other day. They've always been around, um, but I did go see some some of the early sort of like thrash metal bands. Yeah, and when they when they play, you know, you really go to, to a gig and you go like, guys, no, hmm. you know, like just leave it because yeah. there's no point in doing that. I mean, we know, you know, you know, you will bring you know, people will come to see your gigs. But you're just, you know, you're just a sad sort of like ghost of what you used to be. Yeah. So in, in terms of that, I think, you know, didn't change much in terms of uh, people are still very picky to what I see. You know, going to see a new band. I mean, to be a, a new band playing in London, you're against, you know, all sorts of odds because it's, you know, it's about seven or eight venues in the Camden area yeah. playing, you know, new bands every day of the week. So that didn't change. And I think you know what what did change recently was that there's a lot of there's a few revivals and you know, there's this whole like um, there's a new um, it's not new it's about it's, well God it's gonna be about ten years old now but like they there were bands bringing back that you know the old sort of eighties trash metal yeah so a few bands were doing that and I thought that was refreshing for about five minutes but then people were actually trying to build a whole career on that which was like okay <laughs> so yes I think the answer to your question is. I don't think it changed that much. Hmm. I think the, the, the differences are there's a lot of old bands reforming and, and, and some new ones game. popping up. What do you find? Because um, obviously <clears throat> you have tattoos as well, and obviously I assume you dress fairly alternatively when you kind of leave the house and things like that. As as do I. Not not as much as I did when I was a teenager, quite as much. But do you? Luckily, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I just look at what I was wearing. It's like, oh no, what was I yeah, doing? Like, like ba- baggy pants and and and. Um, Wallet chains and stuff. I've still got a wallet chain. Still got one, and I love it. And I'm we, the we, only we, one. We will cut that. On <laughs> we'll cut. Are you insulting me? No, all my mates want me for it, but I go. No, I'll tell you what. I love no, it. No, no, that's fine. I love it. You, know, well, you say, no, that, that's that's no. Again, that's the life <laughs> thing. You know, that's what you, you know, like you, 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 you know. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask with you, uh, with uh, tattoos more specifically, because I've only got the one at the moment. Um, but I'm going to be getting a whole sleeve over the coming years when I, as I slowly uh, save up for them. But um, did you find? I know that tattoos nowadays are way more commonplace yeah. than they were. Um, did you, when you moved over here, did you have quite a few tattoos? Did you find people treat you differently in things? Because I know that even now some people see me having a tattoo and they're like, well, you've got a big tattoo, haven't you? And it's like, mm. it's just Star Wars tattoo. But they're like, oh, we want to get Star Wars tattooed on you. So, yes, I do. Thank you. But it's like, <laughs> people really, some people are still really weird about it, like more the older generation. But nowadays it's a lot more commonplace for young people to have it. So, um, I, I have to say, um, if you think you, you know people give a shit here for tattoos, you really should see what it was, you know, like twenty years ago in mm. Brazil or even before that. But um, in here, yeah, you might get someone going, "Oh, it's a big tattoo." Yeah, you know, they will not. You know, they, they will still give you a job. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Or you know things like that. Like you know, like yeah, you know, you still like when we were talking about two minutes ago, talking about like people mocking your music. You know, they go, they do that thing. Like you know, go like, "Oh, you like that." <laughs> That's exactly what people say to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still like "Mm, that's a stupid tattoo, or like Star Wars. Why? It's like okay. So number one, um, I did tell one of my cousins actually. She came to me and then she asked me what my you know one of my tattoos meant, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna tell you this because I like you. Um, That's the number one thing you don't do. 
And that's that's my rule. I mean, it's not like you know, like it's not a, an unspoken rule of 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 of, of the tattoo world. It's like just don't ask people what I mean, hmm. because one might not mean anything. Yeah. Two might mean something that's very hard to explain. Hmm. Three, and more importantly, it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> you know? So, so it, it's it really is like you know, like that. If if you want to come to me and go like, oh, nice needlework. Yeah. Or as you said, oh, that's a big tattoo. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then go like. Why Star Wars? It's like, yeah. why you? It's like, no, why? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, so yeah, so I had a few tattoos uh, when, I, when I first came, um, only on, on my legs. Um, and the reason was because people wouldn't see it mm. in Brazil. I think, you know, if I had, you know, I, had, I have some in my arms and forearms now. Um, again, I think, you know, when you go back to Brazil now, um, it's lots of uh, tattoo shops and it became like, a lot of the stuff that's very common here now is, you know, is catching up in Brazil. There's a lot of, um, um, barber shops, you know, doing that, doing the hipster stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and beards are all the rage now and, and, and craft beers and et cetera. So, so tattoos as a part of the whole thing are much more acceptable now. But, um, when I was growing up, you would not get a job. Mm. You would just not get a job if they saw you had a tattoo. Yeah. It's not even like a question that they wouldn't even go like, Oh, uh, yeah, we will let you know. They go, go ah, tattoo. Bye. <laughs> he would, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, like, for instance, when I got my, my leg tattoos, you know, my dad gave me all sorts of shit. Cause, you know, he's going to be like, you're never going to get a job. You know, so it, it was, it really was, you know, a thing that, so, and then when you come here, I think one of the first, one of the first times I, I got that, you know, in a, in a very kind of clear, so like the, the difference to me was really clear. Um, my first couple of months here, I took a, a, a coach to, um, I won't say Edinburgh, but I, I went somewhere on a long just bus ride. Um, so the, the guy just came for, you know, for the tickets and et cetera. He had, he was older. You know, he, he was definitely older. He was definitely like 40 or something. Um, so he had a nose ring and he had a couple of tattoos in his forearms. And he just came like, no tickets, please, or whatever. You know, and, uh, and I'm like, he would never have a job in Brazil, man. Mm. Like, and, and you, you know, looking at you, you look like, you look like someone's stepdad, you know, like, you know, like, you know, it, yeah. just a very normal guy, but you have a couple of piercings in your face and you have a couple of tattoos. And, you know, I mean, in Brazil, you know, if you came to my mom and went like, tickets, please, you go, like, ah, ah, don't take my money, don't hurt me. It's like, uh, it's just, you know, so the difference being like that, no, it was really stigma in Brazil. It's just, it was just, just huge you know so then when i got here i was like oh this is the place for me is it still like that if you go if you went back to brazil say now are they still no. is it, say are they catching up as no, well now now some of my aunts have uh, really tattoos. yeah yeah uh, that, that, that tiny tiny little, little ones on their foot yeah, or exactly, something yeah, on their yeah. back a yeah little, a little a dolphin riding a unicorn yeah, or some flowers or something yeah. yeah so so it's it's less of a thing but it was it was it was just terrible so but and then i think then also for a long time there, you know, you, you didn't have access to to the whole world of, of, of tattoos in terms of, you know, like tattoo magazines and, and stuff that you went like, oh, these are beautiful works of art. Mm. I think I think the country got educated on that. I think back, you know, like my or the, my generation or my dad's generation or the, or the generation just before mine, the tattoos were, you know, those really ugly sort of like, you know, like blue ink prism tattoos yeah, yeah. that really marked you as, you know, up to no good. So I, I don't really blame my, 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 my father, for instance, from going like tattoo equals you did time in jail equals you're not going to get a job. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I mean, now, you know, obviously, if you go to Nino, he's like, yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, back in the day, that's that's all he knew. So, mm. I can't really judge him <clears throat> on that. But, yeah, it was so, very different. That's interesting. And what what is your opinion on face tattoos as well? Ah. Because <laughs> I, I, I feel like a hypocrite sometimes because I'm all about, I want people to be able to do whatever they want. You know, you can wear whatever you want. One thing I say to people. Okay. No, Let's when, do one, two, three. We say I hate it. And that's the end of part one. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Uh, part two will be released next week at the same time. Um, we continue the sort of question about face tattoos. Uh, we get onto other tattoos, including people who get tattoos of drugs and more controversial tattoos. We talk about fame, uh, racism and racist jokes, empathy, getting offended, um, homosexuality in general, um, handmade goods, collaborations, the Church of Satan, and much more. So be sure to tune in for that next week. Uh, coming up um, I've got an episode with my friend TJ who's in one of the earlier episodes I think the second one we did um, we just chat about basically nothing for like an hour so that's, that's a lot of fun just a sort of rambly podcast um, I'll be recording with her soon to do hopefully like a little Christmassy episode so look forward to that uh, I've currently got two recorded with a gentleman called Tom King who's a CEO of well, he's, he's got his fingers in many parties. He does a lot of things, but he specializes in uh, sweeteners such as stevia, uh, the ketogenic diet, um, mindfulness he speaks a lot about. So that's a really interesting podcast, but I imagine the Tom King one won't be released till early 2019. Um, I'm hoping to record another Science But Simple, hoping to record another um, gaming one with a recent Josh soon, all about sort of nostalgia and some of our favorite games. Um, and then I've got some more collaborations uh, lined up for the coming months where hopefully with other podcasters i'll be doing more collaborations and get some new and exciting guests on as well as obviously getting a few guests that have already been on in the past so it's going to be exciting for the next uh, few weeks um i will say now i'll repeat myself i imagine um i will be releasing an episode before christmas which will probably be the weekend of the 22nd 23rd but after that there'll be a weekend into the new year um i don't think i'll be releasing an episode that time i normally just have a little break sort of around the holiday season if that offends any of you i'm very sorry um yeah, there's not really much I can say about that. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Um, nothing really else to add. Just you know, sort of the usual. If, you re- if you'd if you review us on iTunes, it would mean the world to me. It, it really helps with um, sort of a spotlight getting on us. Sort of more people getting into the show, which is cool. Um, another great thing is sharing on social media. If any of your mates listen to podcasts, fire any of those episodes to them. Um, or just speaking about it is just really appreciated. Um, like us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, Twitter's like good for sort of me speaking with other podcasters, and there's a lot of uh, community on Twitter. So if you want to get into other podcasts, that's one of the best places to check. But Instagram is much more about this podcast. I do 30 second snippets about new episodes, um, or from new episodes rather. Um, I have movie reviews I put up on there. Um, if I go to certain nice places, there's occasional pictures of food other cool places i go to i go to a fair amount of museums and that sort of thing so it's just more a slightly more uh, detailed look into my life a little bit uh, snippets of future episodes well snippets of episodes i am releasing at the time so if you're on the fence of listening to one you can you know give that a go um see what you think um yeah that's basically it guys i think i'm probably forgetting something major but i can't think of it at the moment so i'm gonna finish doing this release the episode then go play the new spider-man i think so um thanks as always for tuning in guys i appreciate each and every one of you especially listening right to the end and i'll talk to you all next week